Hi, I'm your host, Susan Nay. Welcome to the podcast series, HR Inside Out. It's a series designed to help you demystify HR and the human resource processes. We're going to talk about people management and get the goods on and see how all this stuff works. You're going to hear from everyday heroes and get their perspectives as we touch on a wide variety of topics, topics that impact us in our work and in our work environments. You'll find nuggets for your treasure chest of learning. Hopefully you'll discover insights for your personal and your professional growth. I'm glad you're here. I suspect it's because you want to be the very best version of yourself, your personal best, and that you get understanding these systems and processes will help you on your journey, on your path. You ready to dare to soar? Want to join me at flight school? Let's do this. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, welcome to the podcast series, HR Inside Out. I'm your host, Susan Nay. Our guest today is Victoria Miles. Victoria is an award-winning communications leader with over 20 years of experience in corporate and education communications, media and public relations. Her past employers include Canada West University, Capilano University, North Vancouver School District, Citizens Bank of Canada, Van City and the Lowen Group. Victoria's specialties include education communications and marketing, media relations, public relations, government relations, communications project management, marketing and communications strategic planning, brand storytelling, organizational branding and identity, writing and editing, and employee engagement. As a leadership consultant and communicator, she provides strategic communication services, including planning, brand storytelling, media, public and government relations, speech writing, copywriting and editing, and multi and social media content creation. As an educator, she is proud to support the next generation of professional communications or communicators in their post-secondary learning journeys. Victoria is also the author of children's books, the most recent being Mimi Power and the I Don't Know What, published with Tradewind Books. She completed her Master of Arts degree in leadership at Royal Roads University in 2021 and her BA in Communication Studies with Simon Fraser University in 1988. It is the topic of the thesis that she completed for her Master of Arts degree that is the subject of our podcast today, The Leadership of Letting Go. Victoria, thank you for joining us today as we delve into this very, very important subject. Thank you, Susan. Thank you for having me. Let's jump right in. Now, the leadership of letting go, I'd love for you to start with sharing with us why this topic is of such importance to you. Absolutely. So this was personal, very personal. I knew that I had struggled with leavings and departures in the past. And if I hadn't struggled, I'd felt them really deeply. The loss of colleagues, friends, loved ones over the years. And of course, my kids are getting older. And so I was needing to let go on the home front as well. So I was getting all sorts of encounters with, with letting go and, and <laughs> feeling not always so graceful in, in the moment. 
But this time, at about the time that I started my uh, my my master's work, um, I began to realize that I'd outgrown my career uh, position, the, the the role that I was in, and I was ready for something new. But I had been very dedicated as an employee with a lot of relationships built across the organization. And contemplating a, a departure, even somewhat down the road, I felt I had some responsibilities to to honor, and I wanted to remember, be remembered well, at least for a while after after I was gone. Uh, so luckily, I wasn't in in a, a rush, and this was my call, and and I I truly thought it's time to explore what it means to 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 go well. Uh, and there's nothing like a master's project to go deep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I decided to research letting letting go and, and study me in, in the process um, in the hopes that I could design an exemplary departure for myself and, and then make it happen. Wow. That's a really good reason. That's really, really cool. Now, in your going deep, I remember you mentioning that you used journaling as a helpful research method. Um, to really get to the true emotions about the process that you were going through. And if I remember correctly, it's not something that you'd actually engaged in before. So now that you have, I'm a big journaler myself, so it's interesting to hear from your perspective. Did you find that journaling helped you? And would you recommend it to others who are also going through significant life transitions? Oh, yes. And and that that's so, that's so true, Susan. Um, I find it, um, I don't know about you, but I find it very easy to dodge self-inquiry um, <laughs> and fall right into rumination, um, mm -hmm. which is a, a great way to stay in, in the same in the same place. So I hadn't been much of a journal keeper uh, until this project, not since girlhood, really. Um, uh, but this was first person action research. So it was research upon myself. And journaling is a really important method uh, for this kind of, of, of study. So I kept a daily journal. Um, well, I, I took Sundays off. <laughs> um, but but it was a structured, it was a structured one. It was not just a reflection on the day, here's what happened today. It wasn't, it wasn't a diary in that sense. Um, instead, so six days a week for a whole month, I had the same set of questions to ask myself. And, and that prompted me to, to write down what I had noticed during the day, how I felt about it, and how it sat with my uh, core values hmm. and this was really going to be um, I realized early on a values driven study and a values driven exercise and 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 so at the end of the week if there was something that kept coming up if it kept arising something heavy and and then resolved um, that I was still carrying with me I knew I had something to attend to there hmm. something to something to scratch and, and get into yeah, a little yeah. and either there either I was going to have to think about it differently or I was going to have to take a, a, a an action to address it so it was in writing down the answers uh, to these questions uh, every day and just what have I noticed how do I feel about it how does it sit with my core values that that I could commit to these actions and see these patterns and 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 journaling is great for holding you accountable. It is on the on the page. You are looking at it and you see it before you start your mm -hmm. next entry. So I thought that was helpful. Um, and then 
if if I may go even a little deeper into yeah, it. Please. I had this, it was, it was very, very uh, process, as I say, and values driven. And so alongside me, while I was journaling, I had um, two very trusted guides. And these are um, two dear friends um, who started off as colleagues who've known me for decades and, and really been with me for most of my uh, career as I've been with, with theirs. And, and so once a week, they would listen to my observations, the things I lifted out of my journal and they offered perspective and guidance uh, because I didn't have all the answers of what mm -hmm. I was struggling uh, with. And one of them prompted me towards an exercise early on where I had to ask myself at the end of each day, so I added this to my journal, I had to ask myself, what am I focused on? What am I letting go of? And what am I grateful for? I had to ask those three things. So that added into the structure of my, my journal and it was like a mantra. Filling in these blanks every day. I'm I'm focused on this. I'm mm -hmm. letting go of that. I'm grateful for some such. The answers lifted my my thinking, and they shifted me every time if I slipped back into a, a positive mindset. So, so long story short, would I would I recommend journaling in a life transition? Absolutely, absolutely, because we all think um, we will remember the important details, and we think we're focusing on the things um, that matter. But like I said in the beginning, we're dodgy creatures, you know. And we go <laughs> to the easier stuff, um, and so journaling helped me to look really closely in the eye at things that were were cropping up and and that we're saying deal with me I'm not going away wow and I love that you had others work with you and people I think don't do this because it's uncomfortable you know and and it's we're looking at kind of the you know sometimes not so nice parts of ourselves that that I found journaling helps us actually take a look at but you're very brave <laughs> to also be sharing that and literally having someone hold your feet to the fire. Yeah. 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 About making sure that you're living your values and um, way to go. Thank, thank you. Wow. And way to go. It is hard enough to write down some of those things and to be true to oneself. And <laughs> another layer where you're sharing it with these people who, um, already know it anyway and it's sort of an interesting experience because because they knew me so well they knew my patterns but it had mm -hmm. to be me bringing them up to myself uh to open up the conversation that that let their wisdom in you know what i mean um yeah. that was that that gift in the the process um i i I still, I still feel accountable to them in, in a way um, because there's a lot of letting go that has residual effects, mm -hmm. and, and um, their perspective um, it, it 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 changed the whole study. It changed the whole study, and, and I yeah. think it made it better and deeper. And you just feel, I as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of the Jahari window and those blind spots that are so obvious to everybody else, but of course we're, we're blind to them. I'm gonna, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, <laughs> we look through the window. Oh yeah, yeah. And others others are going, yeah. And thank yeah, yeah. you, you know, and, and it's, they're probably saying thank you for now giving me the opportunity to 
you know, since you've asked to provide you some feedback and to help you uh, to work on those areas. You use the term liminal leadership in your thesis, and I have to admit that I had not heard the term before, so looked it up. I'm interested in you sharing a little bit about liminal leadership with our listeners, and boy, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> Please, over to you. It is. I, I know. Um, I, too, hadn't heard of liminal leadership before I started this study either. And it's a funny thing, though. As soon as I learned of it the first time, I started seeing and hearing and witnessing it everywhere. And it may have been um, the pandemic as well and all of the change and transition that brought on. Um, but but liminal leadership is about, well, this is what I learned in, in, in the research. It's about crossing thresholds. It's about leaving one state of being for another. And liminality was originally explored in, in social sciences, uh, such as anthropology, as the tr transition from one life stage to another and one occupation or role in society to another. But it's definitely evolved into a very relevant concept for, for, for leadership and leadership thinking and leadership study. So this notion of liminal leadership kept coming up in my research. Um, I was in a leadership role and I wanted to stay engaged in this role to the very last day, but also let go in, in increments. Um, I wasn't out, um, but I was very much betwixt and between, mm -hmm. um, which is a, a common description of liminal leadership. Um, and that's the space that liminal leadership operates in. And, and, and what I learned about liminal leaders and, and tried to replicate in myself, tried, <laughs> um, is that they have these um, certain abilities or qualities. They, they can navigate um, these thresholds and, and see both uncertainty and opportunity in the in, in between. They show up with integrity. They keep showing up. Um, and they have the courage to support and guide others, um, particularly those who are most impacted by the change. Uh, so there's no hiding in the office. There's no closing uh, uh, the door. Mm -hmm. Liminal leaders do lean, lean in, but they also maybe adjust the angle and make possibilities and things happen for, for, for others. So there's a lot of doubt and there's a lot of ambiguity in, in the liminal space and, and leaders do what needs to be done and what feels like the right thing, even if they can't exactly see or read a, a roadmap um, for it. There's um, the proverbial safety net is nowhere to be mm -hmm. when you're doing something uh, and new and, and broadly impactful. Um, they're working in uncharted waters, and that's not for everybody, and that's not for every leader. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly, we are encountering um, all of this uncertainty and newness more and more in, in greater and greaterly, more more greatly intensified. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so so they have these other qualities as well because we're it, it it's this recognition that we're all figuring it out together and and so they give time to people who who need it um they bring humor uh to unsettling situations and and this is key they trust they mm -hmm. trust others to do their best even when things are un uncertain and i think we're we're 
you know, we're looking at so many issues in society um, that leaders are encountering and, and there's such a call for trust. Yeah. And trust actually needs to happen in the liminal space as well as everywhere else. It's a key uh, part of it. Um, the liminal leaders don't mollycoddle. All right. Um, but they they are acutely aware at the same time that um, that people are impacted, perhaps by the decisions that they have made. Um, and they have a role in, in readying the culture for change. We could use a whole lot more of that. And I did watch you do that incredibly effectively. I so applaud you for the level of concern um, and your actions um, regarding both your own process. But I also watched you work with your team and those that you were leaving uh, with your planned departure. As an HR professional, uh, I have watched succession planning be touted as being important, but very rarely done well in a lot of organizations. And obviously, it's been your experience as well, which is uh, why this has been such a, it has, is such a passion for you. I love that you did what was in your power to do differently. And I know that you will continue doing that um, through um, other opportunities in, in your career. In part of what you talked about in your thesis, you you talked about, and I'm just going to go into a few of the details of sort of how you worked with your team, of wanting to check back and make sure that if people still needed access to you, that you were available to them. But it's that delicate balance because you also wanted to, you were concerned about not getting in the way of the new leader. Um, but also, you also didn't want to leave any perception with your team that you didn't feel that they could manage without you. It's it's an interesting balance. Yeah. Are you comfortable with what you were able to to achieve now looking back and any lessons that you've learned in, in the process that you were going through as you were working on your, your master's major project, your thesis, and actioning what you were learning <laughs> yourself? I think I think I am comfortable. I, I think um, it was so intentional. Mm. Um, so so I suppose I couldn't have done it much much differently. I, I mean, um, I, I remember, and this is a, a learning that might help help others. I remember that I had to define my priorities for leading a transition in a very conscious conscious and deliberate way but what would they be what what really matters and, and these were the early days of even doing the study so I didn't I didn't know that much about liminal uh, leadership and so um, I had more guides I had um, the opportunity to interview professionals um, who had left uh, career positions um, and these were my subject matter experts in this in the study and by listening and learning from them, I had, by the end of the study, a very clear impression of what guides the good goodbye. And so I would say um, that, that um, you know, we're not all going to do a master's project on this, but we have the opportunity for conversations mm. with friends, um, with trusted advisors. Um, and I think 
there's a tendency to go it alone a little bit and 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 to hold you know very closely um to protect our privacy and and especially if we're unsure about decisions but where are we getting that key um adv advice from my my husband um who would be naturally someone to to turn to for this has never worked in a corporate career. So he he doesn't really understand the workplace culture dy dynamics. So I was very, very fortunate that I, I I was able to invite subject matter experts to to tell their stories. And in listening to their stories, I I learned and 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 from the interviews, uh, patterns again emerged. And there were these three guiding principles that came forward that I could see in the patterns. And, and one was caring for others. The next one was maintaining self-respect through the process. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, believing in future possibilities. Of all the things that my experts talked about in their experiences, those three things, care for others, maintain self-respect, believe in future possibilities, kept coming up in their own words and in different ways. So now, today even, um, and I just had another conversation last week uh, uh, with, a, with a colleague or former colleague, um, when I'm having a chat with someone who's preparing for a career transition, those three principles are the first thing that, that uh, come up if they're seeking advice or guidance. But it's really up to the individual to define what they will do mm. to care others or if that matters to them or mm -hmm. how they will need to at times check in with their self uh, respect and 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 their decision uh, around what they're doing even though it's impacting others and and then um, what is their foundation for future possibilities and what is their mindset about about that and then if 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 they are intentional about these guiding principles, then I think they stand the very best chance of staying in the light um, mm -hmm. on their journey out. Or, or, or maybe it's more about turning on the lights as, as you go, um, mm -hmm. as you make your way, way forward. It, it's not like the path is completely, that's liminal again. It's not completely lit for you to go. Um, you're probably lighting some candles along, along the way. Oh, I love that. It's interesting that um, as I'm listening to you, even as a consultant, when you're leaving an organization, you've finished your project. I think those are also good points, um, good touch touch points to remember, because um, it really is about the people. Because those those relationships, those connections go on well past, or you hope they will go on well past completing with one organization or one situation and moving on to the next. And I think they really speak to our rep, you know, who we are. Yeah. as individuals and as you say it's very personal you know it might be quite different for one person and I think as again as I listen to you I think oh geez I could have done it better myself that organization and and it's like going back to your journaling it's like okay well quit beating yourself up mm -hmm. and just and then just integrate what you've learned and do it better next time uh, absolutely because it's a process and it's a journey and there are two steps forward and one step back, you mm -hmm. know, in, in those experiences in, in the days or in the weeks um, that you're, that you're, that you're doing this. And, and so I think being kind to yourself um, is a very, very close kin to maintaining self-respect. I just 
as our listeners are are probably reflecting on their own situations, it's like, don't beat yourself up. <laughs> don't let those internal gremlins start um, doing negative things to you. Just, it's like, okay, well, what could you have done better? And, uh, and what are you gonna do differently next time? I'm gonna take us to another area. Um, you retired from an important senior management position within an organization. Do you think that the leadership of letting go varies with where a job falls within the hierarchy of an organization? Or are these things that every one of us should be thinking about, no matter where where you're situated in the hierarchy? This is such an interesting question because um, some of the earlier leadership literature focuses on the CEO or the president role. Mm -hmm. And in that earlier studying and we're talking back into the 80s often men were departing and, and so there weren't as many stories about what women were uh, experiencing but there was still a lot of guiding uh wisdom in the in the literature and 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 i i, I came i thought of a lot about this question and i think that anyone at any level, whether they have direct reports or, or broad responsibilities can always engage in leadership of the, of the self. And it is all about um, leadership of the self when mm -hmm. you're personally letting go. So I learned um, early on, just as an aside, as, as a senior administrator, that, that people are watching your, your actions and you have the opportunity to set an, an example whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. um, as, as Susan Scott uh, would say, a leader's words have wake. Mm -hmm. And boy, do they ever. I, I learned this the hard way <laughs> a few times. Um, you know, when you say uh, something lightly and people take it deeply and heavily. Um, so maybe some of this is a bit intensified uh, or magnified for leaders in leadership roles. Mm -hmm. But I see it as relevant uh, to, to everyone uh, on a threshold. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe, I believe that if you've contributed to an organization at any level, and all of us are there to serve and to help for a short time, for a long time, who knows, um, you've built relationships mm -hmm. and you've some dependencies and people are counting on, on you and your reach may be great or it may be small, but, but there will be people who are impacted by your departure. And it may be that they just have to pick up your workload. Mm, true, yes. And they may have feelings about, mm -hmm. about that. Um, or maybe they will miss you as, as a person, as a human being. And maybe they won't. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think it's important to be sensitive to this dynamic. And I, I think it happens uh, everywhere in the, in the hierarchy. I really do. Me too. <laughs> but you, you expressed that beautifully. Thank you. Now, in your thesis, you also talk about how bullying continues to be an unspoken of cause for particularly women in senior leadership roles choosing to leave organizations. Now, we're both aware that every organization is required to have a policy and processes around bullying and harassment, and that all employees in the province of British Columbia anyways are to be provided training to ensure that we are, um, that our workplaces are respectful. But from what you've shared, it appears that there's a segment of our employee population that's not being adequately served by these. What might be from your perspective, or why might this be 
from your perspective. And what do you think that organizations could be doing differently to counter this? So, so, so bullying, we, we have to talk about bullying. Um, that came up as a departure reason. Uh, for more than one participant I interviewed, in fact, the majority had it in their story somewhere. Wow. Um, some were more impacted. It was some, it was some for some, it was the predominant factor. Uh, for others, it was a factor, but it, it wasn't actually something I expected to mm -hmm. uh, uncover in in this in the study i i wasn't even braced for it and i was sorry to to hear those those stories that hadn't been my experience or, or a factor in my letting go but it was a powerful motivator for the departure of some really talented women i interviewed what a loss for their organizations mm -hmm. a preventable loss yes yes and so the real problem seemed to be in the stories that i heard that it wasn't that the bullying happened, but it wasn't dealt with, or it didn't appear to be dealt with. And I, I think that um, exit interviews um, are so important, uh, but they have to be paired with follow through. So it's the last time that an employee will have a voice uh, within the organization when they have um, definitely decided to, to to go and I had one participant in the study talk about how she promised herself she would have what she called an honest departure and I thought this was profound um, because she had experienced um, and been really traumatized by bullying uh, in in uh, in part of her time where she served and by that, this honest departure, she meant that she wasn't going to leave just saying, oh, everything's fine, everything's mm -hmm. good, I wish you all well, and, and um, you know, I just want to do something different. Mm -hmm. She was going to speak the truth about why she was going and what her experience was. And, and she understood that because she was leaving, she was giving up all influence and control over what would happen next. And she'd have to trust others to care and, and to act. And thinking on that, I would say that organizations need to respect the courage of someone mm -hmm. who comes forward and then they need to address the situation. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be punitive. Mm -hmm. um, it may be that education is yes. is needed um but there have to be expectations there have to be standards um and and maybe it's 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 a there's a discovery that there's a misalignment of values and we just don't have a fit uh uh here and and the bully themselves is is frustrated and and is is extending that frustration in ways that are are damaging uh relationships and and um and uh workplace performance but but it has to be explored it it can't just be filed for another day. Absolutely. It it's get, gets back to that communications piece, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. About mm -hmm. the, and it is, it takes a lot of courage. It um, does. But that courage has to be uh, paid attention to and right. uh, the situation resolved for all involved. And you're right. It's, it's not about being punitive. It's really about being corrective. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. um, thank you. And you're right, those exit interviews are so important. And it's so important that people 
who agree to do an exit interview are candid about what their experience has been. Um, and hopefully that is then taken, taken forward and, and actioned. You also talked in your thesis about the feeling of resentment. And I know I've experienced that sometimes in my own departures. Um, any insights on how to temper this and how to heal from it? Oh, yes. Well, we talked at the beginning, uh, Susan, about that vulnerability of bringing up your demons and things like that. And yeah. I would say, I, I would say that um, resentment is is my demon. Um, although, as I get older, I'm a bit more able to recognize when it starts rising in me and, and not feed it a sandwich every time it starts up. <laughs> um, but, but, but when you're leaving a, a career, you're doing your job and trying to set up your successors and trying to care for others and do these things in, in an intentional way, or at least I was. And, and so it is extra. It, it, it's a lot. Um, and you're carrying a, a lot of concerns. And, and so my resentment demon would come out every once in a while and onto the pages of my journal. And it would demand some validation of this every so often my my inner demon would ask hey how come others don't appear to be working as hard as i do how come others don't care <laughs> as much as, as i do that's my demon talking mm -hmm. and and i know um even when i say it out loud um how clouded a judgment that is it, it really doesn't recognize others realities or contributions uh at all the resentment demon, um, at least mine, it, it does not play fair, um, but it plays loud and it loves <laughs> the repeat button. So, so seriously, the last thing I wanted, the last thing I wanted was to go out on a note of resentment and let my, my demon take over. That would be the opposite of the good goodbye and, and just the antithesis of everything that I was trying to do. So the antidote for me um, was when I, I had my demon of resentment rising, let's say, I'd call up that mantra again. I am focused on, mm. I am letting go of, I'm grateful for. Yeah. And I fill in each of those blanks. So didn't even wait till the end of the day. Sometimes if, 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 if resentment de demon was rising, then I was going to counter it with that, that focused, letting go of grateful for mantra yeah changing your mindset totally totally i could break that circuit mm -hmm. of resentfulness and just get on uh with um with things yeah yeah that's, that's thank you no i think that's that's really important um because i i don't think you're different from anybody when you're leaving you are trying to tie up loose ends and when you're have so many other considerations that you're trying to take care of it, it's really easy to start judging yeah and yes. it doesn't it doesn't bode well for who we are who we're you know how we're presenting ourselves so thank you for sharing that yes. <laughs> now you also decided to leave without a confirmed safety net like another job and I see more and more of that happening uh, with people making that choice now I know it's not something you did lightly you um, and for our listeners what were the kinds of things that you considered before you made the decision to to leave the opportunity to leave the organization this is this is incredibly important to pause and to focus on the practicalities 
it absolutely is. So the 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 practicalities of leaving need a a a plan, and that is something that's in your personal con control. I didn't know what my next gig would be. I didn't know when it would come. I had to have a financial cushion saved. I had to have the support of my husband and my kids because we might all need to tighten our belts a, a little bit. And certainly mommy was going to be around the house more mm. than we were <laughs> used to um, their whole lives. I had had a, a career position with very regular long days, long hours. That's 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 how we oriented ourselves um, in our household. I always had health benefits. I always had a dental plan. Where were those things going to, to come from? They still mattered. We still needed those. And, and at first I thought, at first I thought I could get by using my father's nine-year-old cell phone. So he wasn't using <laughs> it anymore. And, you know, it always had a phone provided by work. And what was it going to do? That was a mistake. <laughs> that didn't last too long. Trying to text people on a one-inch screen without auto-correct indicator <laughs> is an absolute disaster. So that had to get corrected. And, and then how was I going to stay connected with friends from work now that they were no longer colleagues? Um, it was going to be up to me to reach out more. Uh, than I had done before. I knew that. I knew that. Um, so once again, I, I had to be in, intentional. Um, and 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 I I did have a plan for all of those things except the cell phone, which lasted about five weeks, <laughs> and then I got a new one. <laughs> I think that that planning, even if your a departure is not planned for, of uh, you know just immediately sitting down and taking some time, taking that pause and go, okay, what I don't have, what don't I have now? And how do I manage that is really critical. Um, so thank you. And I know that you, you did talk about that in your thesis, about some of the things that you had to think about. Yes. Before you made your decision. Now, you note also that, as has happened to you before, arriving at the next opportunity, you again see that the arrival has been completely unplanned for, no notes left regarding initiatives underway, no insights to help make the transition into an organization easier. And it does make integration into the next opportunity so much more challenging. Can you take it from here? I can, I can. Uh, that was the story of how I began in my last uh, career position. And um, I'm sure that it was in the back of my mind as I was uh, designing my study because I remember that very clearly. It dogged me for at least a year. Um, the person who had served before me in their role left no records of their work, no files, no guiding notes, not even a good luck you're gonna need it sticky note on the computer screen um so eventually i came to see that as kind of liberating and 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 i i, I that helped but it, it made it for a difficult uh time in the early months and and mistakes uh happened that could have been avoided 
um, not a great way to to go and and certainly um, in terms of responsibilities to the organization files and records that should be easily accept, uh, accessible um, not uh, not professional um, so not an option mm -hmm, <laughs> for mm -hmm. me um, and even that's even below the baseline of the good good goodbye making sure that work is in 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 um, in place now we know that people leave organizations for different reasons and some have the luxury of choice and planning like I did. But if there is an opportunity, I think having um, a kind of a departure doula <laughs> can be helpful. It doesn't have to be someone in HR, um, though it might be, um, but maybe it's the person the, the leader reports to, uh, could be a colleague, could be someone who is also departing around the same, same uh, time frame. And I had that uh as well there's so much churn in organizations i wasn't the only person going at the time that i that i went um but if it is their leader then perhaps that's a person who can prompt them to create some transitional mm -hmm. resources and who facilitates time for them to write down procedures yeah contacts and collect key documents for the record. Um, someone who's also listening to that emotional piece as well, someone for them to lean on as they work through their, their letting go. I had that per, those people in my guides because I was doing the study, but I think employees who, who aren't um, who, who aren't on a master's project mm -hmm. letting go um, need someone to talk to a, a, a trusted colleague who's who's really on their level. Yeah, I think an important piece of what you've just all of course, all of what you've shared is important, but uh, the being given the time to create those notes. So there's a leadership of of um, aspect to uh, the oversight of someone that uh, you have you have reporting to you. Um, that's an important piece of our conversation. Yes. And that comes full circle back to that's an exercise in caring for others. So you're taking the time to set up the next person who you may and quite possibly will never meet and never know. Um, so you're 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 stepping into that responsibility of caring uh, caring for others, and at the same time, hopefully, someone in your organization is caring for you. Mm -hmm that support facilitating that time to do the right uh thing and saying that it matters it's it's the stuff that you know when i did my master's thesis and and what i'd hear is you know when you when you when you provide that then the individual who's leaving for whatever reason they're leaving at least leaves thinking positively about the organis the organization and and that reaps huge benefits because if they go and you know they're sitting down and having a beer with their their buds and they're just you know not happy and not saying good things about that that just ripples you know and other people say oh my bud didn't have a good experience with that organization and in these days of skill shortages and talent uh, you know the need for talent um, organizations don't need bad reputations uh, it's hard enough when you when you're when you have a wonderful reputation, so um, on a whole bunch of levels, the, those are those are really important considerations. So thank you. Okay, I've just given you a magic wand, lucky you. <laughs> 
What would you change about both the leaving and the arriving for an individual, especially around this liminal period? Um, as an example, what processes might you be encouraging, given that none of us really does have that magic wand, to raise engagement um, and in the end, retention of staff so that people are not making the decision to leave? Yeah. Okay, o over to you. Here it is. There's I, your magic wand. Oh, I, I, I... I, I love I love I love this question so much and and I think that maybe there's real magic to be found in our mindset. I mean, things don't always have to be wrong uh, for us to uh, want to make a transition and we aren't necessarily disengaged. Um, but sometimes things just uh, as, as a colleague uh, once said to me, sometimes they, they just run their course. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, I think we want to retain good employees at their best for as long as we can, but maybe that doesn't have to be for forever or for their entire career. Maybe retention isn't the be all end all for everyone. When people aren't feeling it anymore, when they're mailing it in, um, I think my magic wand would open a caring conversation to see if the answer can be found within the organization can we fix mm -hmm. it? We, is retention the goal here? Or if it's out beyond our, our walls, out, out towards the horizon. And maybe sometimes we, we fall into a narrative that, you know, things are bad and that's why I'm leaving. Like we have to justify ourselves and, and, and our decisions. and um, Or others assume, maybe mm. without asking, that, that things are bad and that's why you're leaving. Um, and they might be. Remember, we talked about bully bullying, and sometimes mm -hmm. we, we arrive at these untenable, for whatever reason, situations. Um, but if that's not the case, then there's a risk that when we slip into that mindset of poisoning the well for, for those who are left um, behind. And, and remember, principle of caring for others, we don't want to, to do that mm -hmm. if we can mm -hmm. So, so for me, the experience I was drawing on was one of readiness for something um, new. And it's true that people leave jobs for very real and serious issues like, like bullying. Um, there's a direct connection, I believe, between bullying, structural inequities, and lack of appreciation that caused people to leave. And another issue that turned up in the literature is, is let's call it limited thinking when it comes to the ages and stages of employees and their life realities. So for example, we have some societal and structural and government funded solutions to support new parents with maternity and parental uh, leaves. Mm -hmm. But what about employees in the so-called sandwich generation? Where's the sandwich leave? Um, how do we support their elder care responsibilities so we don't lose them at a stage in their careers when they may, may be, they may well be at the height of their powers, their experience, and their abilities? These are valuable people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would offer that broader thinking is needed here and honest conversations between administrators and employees to understand the real reason someone is considering departure. So it's about being real with each other. It always has been, but that depends upon trust 
And you can't dive into a conversation like that unless you've had trusted relationships building over, over time. So again, coming back to trust, which is not something that is immediately um, available mm-hmm. when you announce your departure, but hopefully has been built over time. And, and, and for myself, it's been an absolute gift to be in a position to go to grow. But if employees are leaving because of organizational dysfunction or limitations, I think leadership is needed. Leaders need to listen and act, not settle for losing good people who still have a lot to give. Perfect. And yeah, just trust. It's so critical in in being able to have those those conversations, but trust is earned. Yeah. Yeah. This is so obviously a passion of yours and one that I know that you will continue to make your mark on. I really hope that I I know that you've influenced the people that you've worked with um, by your example and will continue to do and, and that they'll do similarly within organizations. You have another passion and you've, it's about that you've written several children's books. Can you tell us a little bit about these and where one could find your books if they're inclined to to go searching? Um, this too is the leadership of legacy. Oh, thank you. Thank you for asking about these. <laughs> um, I do write for children. I have written um, books about animals and families and science and history and Mimi Power that you mentioned is based on um, the early years uh, with my daughters when they were um, preschoolers and and just uh, knew um, uh, we had this new and burgeoning family life. Um, and and the beauty of, of um, my departure is that that is one of the possibilities that has reopened uh, f- for me. I just didn't have the time in, in my last role. Um, not all of my books are still in, in print, so I'd suggest checking in at your local library. Um, but so many booksellers uh, have also been really supportive of my work over over the years. And, and so if you're listening to this in, in Victoria, um, there's the wonderful Monroe's uh, books. Awesome. Uh-huh. And and we are so fortunate in uh in Vancouver to have kids' books in, in North Vancouver and Opera mm-hmm. as, as well. And and um you know, my hat's off to these um booksellers who keep um who keep uh you know um thriving and providing uh stories to people in, in challenging times. We really, really need uh books. Yeah. Um Thank you for asking. Wow. Well, it's a passion of mine as well. I had a grandmother who, oh, she brought she brought fairies into my life. And I, at some point, want to write of the many wonderful stories that she would tell me so that they're not lost and that others can enjoy them as well. So <laughs> my hat, hat's off to you for doing it. And uh, I will be making a trip to Kids Book and I think in Edgemont Village in North Vancouver. Hey, before we close the podcast, any parting thoughts for our listeners? Something that I've not thought to ask you about? Oh, um, thank you for this. Um, when, when, uh, 
something I noted at the end of my research comes to mind. And, and that was that a friend of mine named Dean Rousseau says goodbye in a remarkable way. Um, for as long as I've known him, he's closed off every conversation, meeting or email with two simple words. And those words are go well. And what I discovered is that anyone can make the intentional effort to go well. Part of my process was making a set of commitments and, and I promised myself um, that to go well, I would release on disappointments, things that I had not been able to achieve in my, my term of service. I would communicate to stay engaged. I would set some boundaries so I didn't go crazy in the process. And I would celebrate the years um, and the way I had served. And, and I have to say, at the end, my colleagues made that easy, easy for me. But I showed up to the party. <laughs> so, so my final thought would be that when the time comes, a dignified departure is doable for anyone. Um, maybe start with the intention to go well and design your way out from there. Perfect. And I'm just, again, I'm thinking about the PowerPoint presentation that you shared, which was so much fun um, and just so reflective of you. It was <laughs> truly lovely. And so actioning the values that, um, of, of who you are um, quite publicly. So thank you for that. You wrote a perfect article that summarized much of your findings from your research. You posted it on your LinkedIn profile. Um, so I will ensure that your LinkedIn uh, connection is on the uh, one of the connection information for you on the show notes to the podcast and also a link to where people can find your books. Um, so I'll work with you on that um, afterwards to make sure I've got that information. Part of leadership is about the willingness to be vulnerable, to put it out there with no certainty of, of where it's actually gonna land. And you chose to do this. And in doing so and agreeing to speak with me about uh, the process and your findings, you're helping so many others do the transition of leading better. I am personally incredibly grateful that I had the opportunity to work with you and um, in one of those senior management roles that you've played. I got a sense of the huge demands upon your position and I know what a caring and compassionate individual that you are. So it didn't surprise me to learn of your thesis subject. And I love that you continue to work to change the world in a good way. You are daring to soar. And that's what I keep pushing, dare to soar. Victoria, thank you. Thank you for being here today and for sharing all of what you've shared. Oh, Susan, I am so, so um, grateful for this opportunity. I. I think about the words of the wonderful Max Dupree. Um, he wrote about how leaders give people space to sort through their challenges and, and grow by activating their own 
gifts and and sometimes it's the departure it's the leaving of a key player that activates those gifts in in others and I, I've seen that um, happen and um, I'm just so grateful to you for giving me um, the opportunity to revisit this and 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 to sh and to share it and you said yes <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways I was thrilled when you did so thank you Thank you. So it's Victoria and I encouraging you, our listeners, to do this as well, to, to dare to soar, to be vulnerable, to be courageous, to trust, um, because we believe you can. So we're signing off. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, have a great day. And thank you again, Victoria. Thank you. Bye for now, everyone. Well, we've reached our destination for today. Time to lower those wheels and prepare for landing. Thank you for joining me. If I said something that resonated with you, please subscribe to the podcast and to share it with others. It would be awesome if you also took the time to provide a review, whatever your favorite social media sites are. If you have a question or an area that you hope I'll cover in a future session, please send me a note either to my website, www.effectingchangefromwithin.com or to my email, susangenay at gmail.com. I look forward to our next time together. In the meantime, soar high. I believe you can. Susan signing off. Thanks again for joining me.